Welcome back to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined with Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger for approaching our 100th episode. I believe we're at 97, so stick with us. Who knows? We might have something something fun for the, for the centennial. Uh, but we got uh, a few things to get into. Well, it was the end of the seasons and... Also, the end of an era as LSU uh, lost both games. Well, two, they lo- LSU lost two games uh, straight to Tennessee, so they're out of the uh, postseason picture. Uh, and Paul Maneri, you know, that's that's the end of his baseball coaching career. Uh, it's very emotional. I guess we could get into that as well. And what lies for LSU next? Because they they have to replace this guy somehow. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, I don't know, there's, there's a national championship that happened this week. I don't know if you heard about it. We'll talk about that too briefly and whatever else comes up. Uh, but before we do, uh, I want to check in with, uh, the co-hosts, see how you guys are doing. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I feel like, um, I feel like I was, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I was surprised that LSU didn't win this series. I guess I was thinking, you know, they had some momentum going into Omaha, None of us really thought we'd make it this far, but but there we were. But even still, it's like you you could see uh, you could see that LSU was still capable of competing somewhat. So I don't know. I I had a pretty good weekend nonetheless, but it would have been nice to see the Tigers get at least one win. Yeah, it was kind of sad. We were not exactly on top of the world, but pretty high on LSU and just in good spirits in general last week after the regional win. Uh, and then things took a turn for the worse. <laughs> I guess they used up all their magic for Paul in, in one weekend. So that was disappointing. Other than that, I had a good weekend. Had a big family gathering for my, my grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary, uh, which is a lot. I'm only 60 years behind them on that front. <laughs> but so, so that was good to see everybody. Um, and then got a, a long summer ahead. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it's disappointing, and I think you're right, Scott. I think that kind of gets into you know our first topic is just the the uh, we all I, I agree. I think LSU had had momentum going in. I think they had the momentum advantage, like just just by the eyeball test. Yeah. But the, I mean, this team, you know, at, at law of averages, everything's gonna kind of go revert back to the mean, and the mean of this team is not very good. It, you know they, they've got they've got flashes i mean we were going head you know basically toe to toe with with uh some of the play with some of tennessee uh yesterday on these you know this home run derby at a game mm-hmm. but it's just still a little bit too little too late and i I'm, i am disappointed that we didn't get a third game i you know i remember i, I think i said last week i thought it was a coin flip that we you know maybe we win maybe we don't i liked where we were at i liked the way this team was playing um but i'm not surprised we lost i'm disappointed but i'm not surprised yeah well i mean just to just to add on to that i'm i'm not surprised we lost i'm disappointed we didn't you know take at least one game exactly yeah yeah go ahead well i mean i i think i think that that friday that saturday game really should have been the one um we had so much more it seems like we have so much more of a chance then than we did uh, last I mean, yesterday. I mean, we did we did kind of hang in there for a while with uh, you know with the help of some home runs from Cruz and uh, Trey Morgan had one, didn't he? I think he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, we, yeah. So we, we were we were able to put up some runs on the board, 
but I could I think most most people could tell when when that guy hits a two run homer in the first inning on your on your ace, it's probably not going to go that well. Um, so. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, but you know, you could say also Marceau. He's he he gave up what four runs in that first inning to Georgia. I I, I don't think there was a home run involved, but but still, yeah, it's such a, a gut punch to begin with, but. So like then in that second game, you know, Dylan Cruz or that second or the, the bottom of the inning, uh, Dylan Cruz, you know, hit one and just cut the lead in half. And then yeah. like LSU stayed close and then all of a sudden they weren't. Uh, I want to go back to the first game. Well, you know, with those two losses, though, that's like what, five or six that LSU's lost in a row to Tennessee, considering mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the series earlier this year. And then I think something, you know, before now, uh, before this season, uh, but I, I don't know. I just I, the the games in Knoxville earlier this season were also close, and oh my goodness, is that a hitter's ballpark? I mean, mm-hmm. you could no wonder everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, Tennessee's offense, uh, they can just really score in bunches." Well, of course they can. Like that's like a little league fence out there, right? <laughs> I mean, my that, goodness, uh, that that right field side. Right. It's so it's lower. It's like 330 to that to that low wall in their bullpen. I think that's what it was. 330 something. That is just that's that's high school. That's that's funny. I I, I feel like LSU should have taken more advantage. But uh, just to go back to game one. So we do this in proper order. Uh, you know, it, it was just like some of those other games, you know, not only against Tennessee, but just the rest of the year. These games were within reach, I felt, you know, Mikel Hilliard, uh you know, he gave up uh, runs early, but it, it was fine. He left in the, what, the fifth inning? Uh, and he still had, I think at that point, a lead. Uh, but it just, it wasn't going to last. And they brought in Coleman, and he did fine as well. But, uh, you know, Tennessee just scored more runs. LSU's bats were just simply not there. Uh, I mean, they, you know, K no, yeah, it was K Doty. He had a home run basically in the rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was nice. That's kind of what I thought. Okay, here we go. Uh, you know, there's some adversity here with the rain and the, the delay and all that, but I feel like the delay kind of, I don't know. I felt like it put a damper because I felt like Hilliard had something good going. And then with the delay, he came back, and then, you know, it's like they started hitting. So Maneri felt he had to take him out, which is fine. But, you know, LSU's bats still didn't really wake up. You know, same old story, right? That, and I mean, but but also we have to say it. This game was basically decided on two errors. Yeah. I mean, right. Kay Doty just kind of holds the ball and does it. He's got, I heard Maneri talking about it pregame uh, on the pregame, the Sunday game. And he was like, yeah, you know, Doty had it. He could have thrown home. He could have thrown to second or no, he could have thrown home. He could have tagged the guy going to third or he could have thrown to first and the inning's over, but he just holds it. <laughs> and so, and then, and then the, the with, with Arnold, and I mean, I will say that was a tough, the, the, the play to Arnold was a tough play. Like the, it was a, you know, a choppy hard hit ground ball that really handcuffed him. And he's got, he's trying to make a, a quick throw to second to, to turn two. He doesn't really get to do it and then doesn't really work out. But, you know, if you get either of those, if either of those plays go our way, we're still in the lead and we're, you know, walking, walking back to the dugout with the lead and maybe some other things happen. So yeah. it's similar to, um, what other game? It reminded me of the game against Georgia in, in the SEC tournament yeah, when exactly. it was like one kind of, or in this case, two bad defensive plays basically ends up deciding the game because, yeah, at that point, we're up 2-1. If we get out the jam, 
like Jamin Coleman pitched shutout after oh, yeah. that. And then that was the end of the game. It was four, two, exactly how it was. So it was just that one instance that ended up flipping it. And then, I mean, you can imagine kind of what would happen if we had been up one to zero. And even if we do get rocked in the second game, like we did, then you're seeing a rubber match. Playing one right now. Yeah. And anything can happen. Uh, but it's kind of a classic LSU situation and it does happen. Unfortunately it happened at the, the biggest point in the season. That's yeah, sort of, but I think I think that you know that's kind of what I said is like the reversion to the mean. It's like we we had the momentum, we played really well in in Oregon, we won the regional, we had all the talent, but there's a reason why we struggled all year, and it's it this these little things add up, especially in baseball, and when uh when when you can't when you can't consistently like get the things done that you need to do and just play kind of clean baseball at the highest level it's going to you're going to get exploited yeah and that they did and i remember texting you i think it was right before this the play with uh, at third uh where he just held the ball and looked at all three bases before he decided to what to do with it uh but i there was a uh, maneri went out to the mound right before that right and i felt like it was almost if not all just to talk to the pitcher right just to get him to realize the situation and I, I felt like I only saw him talking to the pitcher and I felt like that is what was missing because if, if it's that serious that the, the pitcher or the head coach is going to go out there and talk it's like you got a guy on on second that can score so talk about the situation I felt like that's what was missing he didn't talk to anybody else he didn't say, all right, if this is, if it hits here, you go here and you cover there. If it's hit over there, you cover that base and then you throw here. So like, I didn't, that's why he sat, he didn't know what to do with the ball because no one, you know, had any, I guess, counsel for him. I, I feel like I, that's what happened. I don't know. I think, I, I think that, I mean, as a, as an infielder, you got to know, you got to know where the ball's going. Um, I, I don't think that you need, I mean, I, I agree. Like now you're right. Like a spot uh, when, when I, when the, the coach comes to the mound and, and, and especially when they bring the whole infield in and they're talking and the infield is around yeah. the pitcher. Cause you know, there's a difference. Like sometimes they'll just, they'll just go talk to the pitcher and the catcher. Right. Yeah. When the whole well, infield's in meeting. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they, you're right. Like I, uh, a coach will oftentimes be like, okay, look, like this is a big situation. We got a lot of, we got runners on base. We got people in scoring position. Look, look, you know, Hey, uh, Doty, the ball's hit to you. You're good. You got to go home. We got We got to save that run. Or, you know, Hey, if the ball's hit to you, just throw it to first. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to get the, go for the out. That's what we're trying to do. And, you know, there is that, that kind of just reassure because the moment's big. This is, this is the, the most important game they played to that point. So I agree. But then again, I mean, this is, this is super regional division one sec baseball. You're, you're a starting third baseman you know, it's not, you shouldn't, you should, I, I, I can see where that would be helpful, but it's not necessary. I don't think, I don't think it should right. be necessary. Right. But, but so if I can boil that down a little bit further, you're basically saying, eh, that's not necessarily a coaching issue. That's just, you know, that guy, you know, he, 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 messed up, he made won. a mistake yeah. and it happens. Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, it's and fine. But like I said, a four-two lead is nothing. You know, LSU scored how many runs in one inning before? Like eight. They they can come back. They just didn't. Um, second game though, uh, I feel like it was a completely different story. Uh, you just 
like you said, you just kind of had the feeling it just it wasn't going to be in the cards. Um, even even though there was that home run on Marceau in the first, you know, he got out of it. Then he moved on. And it just wasn't until the third inning, it's like after that, you could tell they were kind of hitting on him. But, it, you know, the score was still close. Uh, but it just there was a conversation in the dugout and it just looked like, you know, they all kind of agreed that, you know, it just wasn't it just wasn't right. Something wasn't right. So, you know, they pulled him. Um, and then that's when the onslaught pretty much began. And I don't know. What do you what do you guys think of the game at that point when Marceau came out and then everything that happened after that? I have my thoughts, but I oh, let's start with you, Daniel. What you know, what did you think when all right, Marceau came out? It's still it was still pretty close. I I think at that point it was what four two five five two maybe. But I, well, it was only it was only three two. I was surprised when they oh. when they pulled him. You could tell he wasn't on his a game. Yeah. I mean, his fastball didn't have the velocity, and the the curveball didn't have the break that he normally. It just buckles people with the knees. Uh, it didn't, he didn't have his his top stuff, but uh, it wasn't like he was getting just taken out of the park. At that point, only one person had even really gotten a hit on him. Jake Rucker, who had hit two home runs. Yeah. Um, and because it was Rucker home run, then Cruz home run, then back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought he could have, they could have at least left him in for maybe one or two more. And then ultimately, once once that happened, the uh, the train wreck <laughs> pulled into the station when it was one after the other. I think, let me count them real quick. I think, yeah, they went through seven total pitchers. And because they brought in Edwards after that, and you're thinking, and then it was Helmers. And if just one of those guys could just stabilize the game. And, I mean, at the end, we we had scored six runs. Um, they, we put up some numbers, but they just couldn't right the ship. And after that, it was – you, you kind of knew where, where it was going, uh, which was a disappointment because it was basically over by, like, the fifth inning when it was 9-2. to two. We, showed, we showed a little bit of life in the seventh. Yeah, um, but yeah. had it stayed nine to two, you'd think there'd have been hope, right? Because then it would have been like nine to six at some point. Yeah, I, I just think that I think that when when Marceau went out, it was that that was almost you know that was almost the nail in the coffin because Tennessee got to exploit arguably our our most weak part of our game, which is our bullpen. We, yeah. I mean, can we name? We have not had a single consistent guy out of the bullpen. Um, except for Fontenot to close, basically, right? I mean, I don't even know if I really count Fontenot. He, he did better towards the end of the season for sure. Um, but yeah, he's not going to give you more than one or maybe yeah. two innnings. So yeah, yeah we, we didn't have that long reliever we could throw in, and he let, he'll shut him down for three where we can like get to and the back bridge end. to that. And yeah. then the other the other thing is like, and the most the most reliable uh, relievers that we did have. They all pitched yet the day before. Yeah, we were yeah. using them as starters. I uh, mean, like you know, Col- Coleman, who who was pitched really well for us out of the pen, and then Hilliard, who started the game, but he's a he's a reliever. He's not a starting pitcher. So, um, and again, you know, it's real easy to it's real easy to. I'm gonna lay off of Paul on these because I think at this point there there are always managerial issues and merit. Oh, you could have done this, could have done that, but I think at this point the best team's going to win. And I think the best team, I mean, did, win. I think this the best weekend, team did win. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you can't really beat yourself up too much. Like Tennessee, they played well the entire season and like they had more clutch hits, more consistent pitching, uh, just overall better baseball. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do well in Omaha, but it is disappointing. Well, and, and they might not, and, and by best, that doesn't necessarily mean the most talented. 
like we might I, I i think we've we said it going to the series like we have all the talent to compete with anybody i was thinking about it while i was watching the game yesterday think about how many freshmen were starting in every aspect of the game shortstops freshman the uh dylan cruz freshman uh trey morgan freshman uh isn't coleman a freshman yeah coleman and, and edwards is a freshman yeah. um yeah, I mean, so they have the building blocks for success in yeah. the next couple of years. And, and we help. got this far with them. I, I hate to do the whole thing of like, look how, look what we did. We lost, but it's okay. Like, look what we did. But I think that the talent is there and the, uh, and I, I think we definitely outperformed our outperformed where we probably should have been. I don't think, I don't think that this team, I think the talent is what took us to win a regional and then, but but like I said, you know, eventually when you start playing the best of the best, the little chinks in your armor are going to show up a little bit more and they're going to matter more. Yeah, I actually went back to look at the uh, the preseason poll to see kind of where we were expected to finish. And we were number eight in the preseason poll. So, I mean, that's super regional-ish. So we kind of ended up about where we were expected to. And that's a, and that's a ranking with Jaden Hill. Right, exactly, with the pitcher who was expected to be our ace. Uh I mean, a third to two thirds of the way through the season, it was uh, a lost cause. So the, there was some some salvage there, uh, which we can be happy about. I would say. Yeah. Could you imagine what the te- what what the team might look like if if nothing ever happened to Hill and he only got better? Yeah. If right. if he hadn't if he if he just struggled for the couple of games that we saw him. Yeah. And then he doesn't get injured. So he, and he yeah he starts heating up. I mean. Holy yeah. Crap. You think about that. Like, you throw Hill. Let's like imagine Hill's throwing that that Saturday game. Maybe we win that game. Then same thing can happen happen that happened on Sunday, and then we're playing today with uh, either you know Lab is starting or you're you're playing today with uh, Hilliard the the kind of cocktail of Hilliard and Coleman and all you know yeah, all yeah, this. Yeah. So yeah, you know there's a, there's a lot of of what could happen, and it's disappointing, but. Um, I think given the circumstances, there's, there's nothing to really, really be ashamed of or be mad about. No, no, nothing. Uh, there is one thing else. I just, I have to get it out there. I'm sorry. I, I, I know y'all don't want to beat on Paul, but we're about to build him way back up because of his very, very successful yeah. career. I just didn't understand. All right. It's the second game. You are absolutely facing elimination at this point. Mm-hmm. Not maybe, but absolutely facing elimination. And your starter is... You know, you could tell he's he doesn't quite have it today. Why would you wait and go through two freshmen, two or three freshman pitchers, uh, before you just go straight to to Lavis? Like I was, not, I was surprised about that too. Like he had like the most rest of anybody. Like why didn't you kind of let him throw? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your take. No, no, but that's but I guess that's my point is uh, if. If he's if he's on, that's the only pitcher maybe you have to use the rest of the game until you know the ninth or you know whatever. Just but you know LSU's as, as long as the offense was there. But yeah, I just I didn't understand it. And when pitchers were going down, they were going down one at a time. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, uh, I, I I don't know. I just I it, I it was weird to me that I actually didn't I, I didn't think about the the order of it of things, but it was weird to me that they were only sending one. I thought that was very strange because then it seemed like, I mean, you you know, you see this happen a lot or not a lot, but, but pretty frequently where 
you, you send a reliever out and he struggles right away. You know, something, something doesn't match, match up and you got to make, and, and you can just, I mean, if you watch enough baseball, you can just tell, you can tell when a reliever goes out there and you're like, uh-uh, nope, that's not going to work. All right, let's, let's that's, go with somebody that's else. That's what happened with uh, Edwards. If Edwards, he, it just, it just wasn't jiving. No, he, well, he, they went out to the mound and it was like, they just talked about it and talked about it for a minute. And then, then he left the mound, you know? Oh, well, it didn't actually, look like they were going to pull him. It looks like he got somebody. Injured. Somebody had an injury. Was it Edwards or yeah. Elmer's? I, I think, think it, was, it was Edwards. It was yeah. Edwards. Something. Something about it. Yeah, I don't know. But that was weird. But, but because of that, like I, I'm not sure why you don't, why you don't have somebody already down there. You know, no. I, yeah. I thought that was strange. And and uh, and yeah, I agree. I, I could see. But but then again, maybe maybe Labus is just. We I've never seen him, uh, you know, throw. I don't think we. I don't think I've ever seen him throw from uh, from the bullpen. But you know, maybe in the fall, like when they play the, all those inner squads, and you know, I'm sure they pr- kind of practice everything. They have the pitchers throwing bullpens. They have pitchers coming in off the bench and everything. Maybe he's just not good. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe they've seen, maybe Paul is like, yeah, like we could throw him. He's probably our most talented pitcher. But when he comes out of the pen, he's terrible. And I'd rather see it. You know, it's like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I don't know. You know, it's like, that's something I just don't, I can't know that. Sure. Yeah. We can, if we we were, if we were talking about, if it was the other way around and like Marceau and Labus was struggled as a starter and we had Marceau coming off the bench after seeing him throw the way he did in Oregon off the bench, I'd be like, yeah. And if you don't put him in, then I'd be like, I'd be with you. I'd be like, yeah. Like, where is he? Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, yeah. I guess point. I just kind of defer to, to them because it's like, well, they've probably seen, they've seen more of it than I have. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Paul Maneri is going to forget more about baseball in the next two months than, than we will probably ever know collectively. Uh, but, I mean, and just, just to tie it up with that, um, you know, it was disappointing. But uh, you know what? Uh, like I said, most didn't expect us to get this far. I mean, they had us as a third seed out in Oregon, you know, it's like we yeah. could have been playing La Tech, but no, they had us as a third seed out in Oregon and, and we won. And, you know, I think that was, you know, maybe that was the little jolt that the players had uh, and just got us that much further. And he had a smile on his face, uh, but man, you could see it towards the end of that game. Like right as that final out was going, man, he was, he was trying to keep it together and dug out. And I really felt for him. Yeah. Cause you know, it's at that point where you think, man, we we could have our uh, we could have our opinions about you know these these decisions and those calls or, or whatever however he's you know managing the team as we put it but I mean he's a good guy I mean, oh, how, yeah. long he, how long was he there uh, fifteen seasons and he's probably the only program within the school that doesn't really have any they've never had any issues no character issues no no anything but yeah uh, that's, right that's about very that. commendable. That's very commendable. And and you see, I mean, even just kind of randomly, like when when they hired Kim Mulkey, the, almost the first thing she said was like, it was nothing about like, oh, what I'm going to do, or I'm going to win this, or I'm going to do this. It was, I want to be here because guys like Paul Maneri are here, and he he turned my son and from a boy into a man, and like he taught him so much, you know, <laughs> off the field. And so like, obviously you know from from all the people who know him personally and i've never heard a player say anything bad about him like a former player or or a player like currently so um you know i i think that there's there's definitely something to be said for that 
And you're right. I think that, we, and we've kind of talked about it too. There are definitely parallels between him and Les Miles. Yeah. You know, it's like the kind of quirky guy. You kind of don't get, why, why is he doing that? I don't understand this. Kind of slow to change. Isn't, it's kind of set with like what he wants, how he wants things to be done. I mean, yeah, the like we talked about, the, the, one of the lead stories this this season to begin with was that he was uh, doing away with the the facial hair rule that he'd had for his entire career that you know his players had to shave. Um, I I but I think like the similarities pretty much end right there with one national championship and quirkiness because the way that he ran a program and the way that Les Miles ran a program, especially after you know the developments that we've learned more now about the miles tenure they couldn't be further from from you know further apart yeah yeah i think it's worth saying that you don't last 15 seasons as the head coach of a program like lsu baseball if you don't have success oh yeah uh so you, you got to give them that and i mean obviously the success was there with uh both at lsu and before with what 1500 plus wins uh and a national championship under his belt and for basically Tommy and I's generation and younger, like he is like LSU baseball. Yeah. Like we, there's not really a time before that. It's kind of, I don't, rem- I don't remember smoke Laval. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So in all the kids these days who are saying, Oh, I want to play LSU baseball when I grow up. It's because um, of him. Yeah. And the, the players that he's coached and, and led and taken to the college world series and, and beyond. So I uh, got to give him that. And it'll be interesting to see, what direction LSU pivots in the next, which I guess is kind of our next topic where we're, we're going from here, but uh, sad to see him go and uh, excited for the future. Like we said, with the young talent that we do have uh, and the big fan base behind them. So hopefully more success coming soon. Yeah. And uh, just, just, to, I want to put a little pin on this and it's eerie how similar he and miles were, you know, in more mm-hmm. than one respect. Uh, Cause miles took over in 2005 Mm-hmm. And then they won their title in 2007. Mm-hmm. And he played for another one after that, but lost. Uh, Maneri took over in 2007 and then won in 2009. And he played for another title after that and lost. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just really – and they're both, you know, like players' coaches. Oh, yeah. And the players are going to – you know, all the players loved him. Uh, you know, towards the end of their tenure, you know, they drove the fans a little bit crazy in their own respects, but for different reasons, you know, Maneri was never eating grass off of Alex Box Stadium, but... Uh, he was wearing yeah. batting gloves. I was say, that was his little thing. <laughs> what was his thing? The what? He wore batting gloves. Like, if it was wow. cold, yeah, if it was cold, he'd wear batting gloves like he was about to step into the box. <laughs> yeah, and so what? He, I mean, he's not, he's not eating grass, though. That's... Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's just... Um, you know, just a, a great career, and uh, he has nothing to be ashamed of ever. Um, like I said, he's 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 thirty nine seasons. Uh, that's that's more baseball than most people. You know, like a lot of people live nowadays, really. But um, turning it forward, there's been a lot of names tossed around. Some tossed out and then retracted, like uh, let's say Kevin O'Sullivan as the new coach of LSU baseball. Uh, he took his name out of the ring for that. And then uh, Pat Casey of Oregon State fame, who won three titles in his tenure there, um, I guess they just decided not to move forward with that. I don't know if he backed I think they backed out, right? Like they just, it was just tossed out there. Um, but, you know, now we start looking at um, Mike Bianco. And now we're looking at the, uh, you know, 
Vitello, who we just lost to. Uh, I've heard the ECU coach. Um, I don't know. That that's everything. Do you guys? I mean, I, I'll toss it to you guys. Uh, you know, what do you think of the names mentioned? And have you heard of any others? I have heard of one other, and I don't know if it's true or not. This is a rumor, but if it if it is true, I mean, get ready. We're about to we're about to win some games. I've heard <laughs> that Vanderbilt coach Tim Corbin is like very interested. What? Have you heard that too, Daniel? Yeah, well, that's what people are kind of stirring up online. But yeah, yeah. because Vanderbilt is in the World Series right now. And so he's defending champions. Yeah, he can't really comment. But people think that he's going to bring some to Baton Rouge, potentially. I do wonder. And I mean, we're recording this on Monday, what, the 14th. So right after the loss, I mean, right after, you know, Paul Valeri hasn't even cleaned out his locker yet. I wonder, I think that if we don't, if we don't hear it, if, if there isn't like a, a confirmation, probably what this week, then I think there's a good chance that our future coaches still play. Yeah. And then some of the other big names that have been mentioned, like Mike Bianco with Ole Miss who are now out of the regional, there was some kind of rumors that he was the choice from like Skip Bertman and oh, Paul really? Maneri. Like they're kind of wanting like their, their friend Mike to kind of step in while there's some of the, the boosters want somebody a little bit younger like Tony Vitello from Tennessee or um, another guy is uh, Dan McDonald from Louisville who they didn't play too well this season, but he took them to multiple national championships after taking charge of a program that basically didn't even care about baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Scott, you had mentioned uh, Cliff Godwin, the coach in East Carolina, who's built them into not a natural power, but they just lost in a close series to Vanderbilt yeah. in the super regional. And so like, they're a good team for, for their size. Uh, and it could something come could come from left field, but it's probably one of those six or seven ish names that we just mentioned. I want a big name. I want I want somebody. I I mean, when I look at it, I'm like, if LSU and if Scott Woodward, like, what's the what's the Kim Mulkey esque you know pull that he could that he could do, where he pulls in like a national champion, a bona fide, you know, straight like just straight up stud coach. I mean, give me, give me the Vanderbilt guy, right? right. Yeah, like, totally. The top and, and imagine like what that means for LSU. That, that basically submit, like we've said it for years and, you know, we, we've said it now when LSU is not very good at baseball, but you know, the tradition and the pride is still there in the program. We've said it, uh, you know, when LSU was competing for super regionals and going on to the college World series, it's like, like we, LSU is the Yankees of, of, uh, of college baseball. You know, everybody wants to wear the pinstripes right. and our, our pinstripes just have to be purple. And so I think that uh, I, I, I would, I would imagine, I think that's, this will, this, this coaching search will be a true test of, of how much that brand still matters in college baseball, because I've heard a lot of people say, you know, Oh, like LSU used to have the best facilities, the best stadium, the best, this, the best, that, but slowly the SEC is all caught up. You know, Mississippi State has the great facilities. Ole Miss has the great has the great atmosphere. Vanderbilt's got all the talent. Got Arkansas the too, like Arkansas. who just lost a shocker to North Carolina State. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm so I, I'm I I hope that we can we still have that pull that we kind of think we do. I think this will be a true test of that. But if we if we indeed do, and we and we've got the right you know the right people in place, and we've got everything ready, I don't see why we can't shoot for the stars and get 
the top coach, the top, one of the top coaches, whoever yeah. it is. I see what you're saying. Cause it's like, it's pretty well known that we're a tier one program. Right. But are we one a, or like, are we one like C or D like where people from the other tier one programs willing to make a step up to try and get that like primo spot. Like I think about us in baseball, the way that I think about Duke and North Carolina in basketball, right? It, like Roy Williams left Kansas, which was another tier, which is another, you know, I'd say a tier one program in basketball as far as tradition and uh, fan base and success and talent and recruitability. He left there to go back home to his, you know, his, his, his home of North Carolina. And now I, I don't think that he would have done that if he was at Kansas and his home happened to be Clemson. Cause it's just not the same. You know what I mean? In basketball, it just doesn't mean the same thing. So I want to find out and I want to, and I think, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be very, very excited because I think it's going to end up being the truth, but I want to, I want this to be a true test of, okay, is LSU baseball, the top, the most desired program in college baseball? Is it the one that all the coaches want to do? Is it the one where a, a guy like Corbin or Vitello or whoever says, yeah, like, you know, I, I respect everything Skip Bertman did, but I want to do it. I want to even try I want to try to outdo him or I want to try and match him. Yeah. Right. And, and kind of back to your original point, like with the College World Series coming up now, if no coach has been announced by the time we do podcasts 98 next Monday, then it's probably one of those two guys, either Vitello or um, Corbin or Corbin. Yeah. At Vanderbilt. And then otherwise we'll have something to talk about. Man. We'll have something to talk about either way. That's well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's always something to talk about. But, Always something to talk about. But I mean, can you imagine? I, I don't know. I, I, I was. I like Vitello. I think he's got. He's got energy. He's got uh, yeah, excitement, pizzazz. He. He's kind of a, a mouthy guy. Um, but I think given the choice between the two, I want. I want the rings that have already yeah. been. That have already been won. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. I. Not not to discredit the guy, but he's also got the smallest ballpark, I think, in the in the league, so or the conference. But um yeah, whoever comes in LSU, it's it is the most desirable or one of the most desirable jobs. If it's not if it's not number one by itself, it's either one A, B, or C. because uh, it's it's been longstanding that it's it's one of the only programs in the country that turns a profit. Yep. And no matter what you are doing as a coach, it's like you, you can't control the fans as Kevin O'Sullivan definitely knows. But if you got 9,000 people there almost every weekend uh, or game, even uh, you know, you, how could you not want that as opposed to uh, you know, say Tennessee where they just started selling out games because they made the postseason, And most of them were just, you know, the, the drunk students from what <laughs> I heard, but I would say this, do you, when Pat Casey's name came up, it, to me, it kind of felt like a Greg Schiano situation where maybe someone floated that name out there just to see how the fans would react mm-hmm. and saw how they reacted. Everyone was like, what? Are they seriously considering this guy after what he allowed? He played that one kid and we saw what happened. And then soon enough, Casey's name just crawled right back under rock because he was going to come out of retirement. Other people have already tried and they weren't successful, but he was considering it. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I just, I wonder, I'm, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's, it's amazing how much coaching turnover we've watched. We've seen in just the past, like what, you know, two and a half years. Yeah. Like, 
as 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 a athletic department, you yeah, mean? Yeah, as a, as a yeah. whole program, as a whole call, you know, count football, baseball, basketball, everything, all the above. Oh yeah, change so. is afoot. It is, and but, hopefully uh, for I, the better. I, I want I want them to stroke a check and give me a give me a high profile name. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll say this because uh, I you know I watched an interview with Paul Maneri afterwards, and you know he they're asking him what he would say to the next coach. And he said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, he's not leaving Baton Rouge. He'll be around. He'll give advice. But I guess his main, his first advice would be, you know, uh, it's a good job, but you know, the fans are going to expect a lot of you uh, just do what you can and don't worry about the criticism. And I thought that's very good, honest uh, advice, but it also kind of says something about, you know, the fan base to where it's just like, I don't feel like, you know, no one's ever said that he felt driven out, but I think at some point he was probably just tired of tired of that stuff. And it, it's good, good, good uh, advice for someone coming in because we do have high hopes, you know, that's why they built that new stadium. It's the highest attendance in college baseball. So, yeah, I, th- I think that the only reason I think that helps is whoever wants that job, if they know that and they accept it. Yeah. I want that guy. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any final thoughts on, uh, Maniri, LSU baseball otherwise? I think that's it. Wrap up of the big season. Now we got the, the summer hot months. I looked at the calendar and there's literally nothing on it until LSU plays against UCLA. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I was about to say the only thing, the only thing I have to say in this wrap up is, well, boys, it's football season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amen. And we are getting, re- it's just going to just, a snowball right into it i feel because there's there's literally nothing left like school's out this was baseball you know these these baseball players got to feel what it's like to be in the pros where it's just just baseball you know school is over and there's literally nothing else except you know summer conditioning for everybody else um and i did want to mention uh lsu did capture a national championship this week and they did it in eugene oregon uh, the men's track and field team actually secured the outdoor track and field national title uh, as of Friday, I think. Um, they had won five individual events, and they also captured the 4 by 100 meter relay, which they have pretty much done all season. If, if you've been following, you, you know, there's, there's plenty of videos out there. Uh, but um, the six event titles make it the second most ever in a meet in history uh, i'm sure ohio state fans will be happy to know that they were the first to do it in 1936 which is like god back in world war ii or something <laughs> um but they won event titles in the javelin the 100 meters which was uh terrence laird our uh our, our famed basically the, the you know the, the star of the the team i think high jump was javon harrison the long jump was also javon harrison and um, the 400-meter hurdles by Sean Burrell. But this guy goes by Squirrel, which I think is fantastic. So Squirrel Burrell, shout out for the 400-meter hurdles. Uh, and then the 4x100-meter relay also. And uh, I believe there was also a women's national champion in the, uh, the pole vault. So, guys, uh, LSU is a pole vault school now, in addition <laughs> to everything else. Uh, so there is that. So... Shout out to them. I I wasn't really able to watch much of it because it was kind of going on, you know, in between the baseball games and and work and all that. But uh, I wish I could have because 
man, just to see some of the excitement around there. I mean, LSU already took over Eugene that, that weekend before, but they just continued that whole week. <laughs> so uh, quite a week in Eugene. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have too much on that. I did watch some of the replays. Uh, Terrence Laird went in the 100. He's crazy fast. Um, he actually lost the 200. He got second place as freshman from Florida. It looked like Usain Bolt versus like Trenton Holiday from LSU. Like Terrence Laird is like a tiny guy, and this Florida freshman is like a gigantor. Oh, wow. And he like chased him down in the last like 50 meters. And this, like I wouldn't be surprised to see him at like the Olympics the next time. Uh, and then I watched the uh, the high jump, Javon Harrison. Like everybody else fell or I could not fell, but like hit the bar at like seven feet or so. And then he kept going like by himself, like higher and higher and higher. And like the whole crowd was getting behind him, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Cause like he had already locked up the win, uh, but that's about it. So yeah, congrats to them. You know, with that being said, I think that pretty much, you know, it covers all the, the tiger action this week. I mean, LSU football didn't really have too much news. I mean, well, I mean, I guess they did have one, uh, they didn't have one decommitment, actually. Um, four-star cornerback Marcus Scott, mm. he went from LSU to Missouri, which was interesting. That uh, sounds like he's getting processed. He found a better Tigers. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, I mean, he com- committed back in January, so that's, you know, it's only a few months later. Uh, but, hey, leaves us one more for the class. So be it. Um, but, yeah, the Woodlands, Texas, that's where that uh, – that that uh trevor lawrence look like uh is going so oh yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens there uh i don't know anything else guys i think that's it we're in the off season now so we'll just be random rumors and and stuff not much game action but be back next week throughout the summer yep yeah gotta love it oh i'm sure we'll have a, a lsu baseball coach announcement if we don't have it by our next podcast then it's a very good likelihood that that coach is coaching <laughs> during the college world series uh, finals. So yeah. I guess we'll know by process of elimination at that point, but until we do uh, you guys have a, you guys and gals have a good week, a uh, good weekend, stay safe, stay tuned. And we'll talk to you next time. on Talking Tunes.